This program is proudly supported by Kiama Community College. There's something for everyone, from nationally accredited career courses to seniors computing, languages and lifestyle programs. Welcome to KCR Features, where you can hear what the locals are up to. Gugsberg, a Kiama-based visual artist who today is wearing a different hat, that of President of the Kiama Jazz and Blues Club, organiser of the fabulous Kiama Jazz and Blues Festival. Hi Becky. Hi. I'm so glad you set a bit of time aside to, to talk to me. I know that you're extremely busy right now. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> the festival is on this weekend, bigger and better than ever before. We're looking forward to three days of live music across multiple venues throughout Kaima, Kaima Downs, Jeringong and Minamara. Is the festival really clocking up 35 years? 36 actually. This is the 36th year, yes. Wow. How did it start? It started with a South African uh, school teacher who was very, very into jazz. And he uh, was a teacher at Kaima High School. And the way I was introduced to it was he was my visual arts teacher. And there was a mad flurry whenever someone interesting was coming to town that he would organise. And the story goes that people, like prominent musicians, would arrive to Australia, play Sydney, Kaima and Melbourne. So we were so very lucky to have these extraordinary musicians come and play. And I was in the uh, visual art rooms, silk screening the posters with jazz on in the background. And fast forward probably 25 years, I noticed that the posters were a little more generic and not as creative and drawing me into wanting to go to this event. Um, So I stuck my head in and said, could I give you a hand with anything? Maybe the posters. And um, six months later, I was the president. (laughs) As it it happens. And obviously this is run by volunteers. Yes. How long have you been planning this year's event? Uh, Well, we pretty well put one festival to bed and start the next one. Amazing, yeah. amazing, non-stop. The program does look amazing. Being a boomer, I particularly like the supplement inside the, uh, the bugle. Yes. It's on my coffee table so I can plan where to go and what to see. You're not only featuring musicians but also film, talks and visual artists. Yes. So this is the first year we've run a film. But it was such a good opportunity to have the filmmaker firstly be in Australia, secondly lives in Wollongong, And thirdly, he is an amazing drummer himself and he will be performing at some of the gigs as well. So his name's Al Hicks and this is just an extraordinary privilege to have this film at Jeringong Town Hall. This is on Friday night. On Friday night. So Al Hicks went to America and was working with Clark Terry, this extraordinary trumpet player. And he ended up making this documentary with another friend when they were studying. And this film won so many awards, 
but it never really came to Australia. He's also done the Quincy Jones film. Now, if we didn't have Quincy Jones, we wouldn't have Prince, we wouldn't have... Yeah, so many artists. So yeah, many artists, yeah, yeah. Quincy Jones. And that film, you can see that easily on Netflix, yes. and it was really promoted. But Keep On Keeping On didn't really get the so airplay, much yeah. airplay in Australia. So we're very excited to have that here. And just a little side note... The Gerringong Town Hall has had one family running the films, the projection of films, this year for 75 years. You are kidding me. It's the Waghorn family. Gary Waghorn is holding, like carrying that banner. And we will just have a little mention about that as well on the night. That is wonderful. Celebrating a local who's uh, given so much to the community. So much. So we have, um, we'll be running a bit of a spiffy event so you can dust off your um your spiffy clothes and come henry clive caravan bar is going to be providing refreshments there will be the film there'll be a very brief q a with the filmmaker which any budding filmmaker would love to go along to or anyone that loves film and then we're going to have a performance of Clark Terry songs Fantastic. by an all-star band. This band is incredible. So it's an excuse to wear that feather boa and Indeed. the Indeed. Oh, I mean, I mean. I mean. The, the old music in the park program was substituted with a street festival. This year. This yes. year with um, free outdoor music and arts events for everyone. So... On Sunday, you're moving the festival onto Terralong Street and down to the harbour with yes. free performances, street food. Yes. What should people expect? What's happening there? Um, there will be some furniture put on the street. Coma Council's supporting that through a New South Wales Reactivating Community grant. They've allocated a small portion of that to closing the street. Um, the street will be activated from the railway bridge to the post office. And we are referring to that as the Justice Precinct, and the Justice Precinct will now become the Arts Precinct. We're kicking off with the Police Station Jazz Band. They're going to be playing on the Cop Shop Steps. Fantastic. And then you can still all run, play, eat, drink, and sit in the styled furniture that's going to be on the road. We're reclaiming that street. And then the Natural Amphitheatre that we're all quite familiar with, with the Kiss Arts Festival, we will have a similar stage with the backdrop to our gorgeous harbour. Oh, which is wonderful, yeah. And that is nice and treed. It can be sitting on, on the grass, picnic rugs yeah. that will supply some, but I would recommend bring your own. If you want chairs, you'd probably sit up higher on the, yeah. on the pavement. And we will have a, um, a bar down there as well. There's also the kids' playground and there'll be music from uh, midday till 5pm with a very, very special welcome to country smoking and dance ceremony at the most crucial time in that program as well. Now, one of the great things about the festival is that local businesses are showcased and, and they yes. become venues. I counted 33 venues, yep. not including the top shops on Manning Street. 
There are more festival hubs this year than ever before. What's the difference between a venue and a festival hub? So with the festival hubs, they pool their resources. So instead of just paying um, the standard fees, $400 to have an artist, mind you, that is a very negotiated fee because we basically buy in bulk. So we can absorb some of the cost of the musicians and we give a discount to a business. The business is showcased in the program and they look after their artist. And what we expect in turn is that you will look after that business. So you will eat, drink, be merry and go back to that business because you've seen how amazing it is and how it becomes part of the social fabric of this festival. Right. Kiama Community Radio. KCR.org.au. Now, there's been talk about Fillmore, one of the venues closing down, and there was fear that it would affect the festival. Um, we all received an email from Council clarifying that local planning regulations allow live music at most venues for special events, like, yes. such as the festival. So this won't be a problem. Fillmore's will be a venue. Fillmore's used. will be a venue. We've had a meeting with the CEO who has reassured us that uh, till the end of April they will be investigating their information on music in venues. On our LEP and our DCP, we are fully supportive of the arts. That includes music and that includes any venue across town can have music. What does LEP mean? The Local Environment Plan. Plan, right. So obviously there's a need for an arts precinct in Kaima, isn't there? Well, there's a need for arts. It uplifts us all. We feel better. We love living in a vibrant township and we grow stronger when we feel. And the arts tend to uh, encourage us to feel something. The Kiama, you know, most livable city in, in Australia sort of tag uh, doesn't take into consideration that, that there are shortfalls. You know, we as a community feel that perhaps we need venues and we need spaces for organisations that are culturally motivated, you know. What is the solution? Should we, as residents, be lobbying more? Do we turn to philanthropy more? How do we solve this problem? I don't have the answer. I think we'll be testing a lot of things. But I have seen such change in our planning of this wonderful township And I have felt that it has a soullessness to it unless we value the arts. And people are drawn here because it is beautiful and because it feels connected and because you live in close proximity to people that you know and have similar ideals with. You may remember there has been a little campaign to save the Kaima Independent as an art space. And that started on the back of our um, pavilion is not accessible for smaller events. It's basically a business arm of council. It was purchased and renovated out of an arts grant, yet the arts are 
moved out of there. Because it's so expensive to hire. As well, a it's expensive, yeah. but it's also business. Mm. The arts are not always bringing a return. That's right. yes. And people want to have a beautiful wedding. It's a beautiful building, but it has that vibe of wedding now. Yeah. Wedding or funeral, really. Or if you need a big public meeting place. But that isn't always suitable for a musician who wants to go and perform or has been engaged by a venue or to who perform. needs a rehearsal space or who know. needs yeah. a rehearsal space because there's also the process of creating art and there aren't very many spaces that local community artists could use to to create art to actually maybe rehearse or workshop or you know, there, there tends to be a void there in terms mm. of public spaces that are affordable for community artists in a place where there's so many creatives. Yes. I couldn't put a, a figure on it, but I imagine a great percentage of local residents are creative people. Don't you think that? If they're not creative themselves, they support the arts. Mm. I love music. I cannot play music. I don't need to be able to do everything. Mm. And that's why I love it even more. I think people who feel that they don't have the ability to paint love going to exhibitions because they value something they can't do themselves and want to support that people can bring joy or bring feeling into their homes or even in, in an exhibition. We did have a very long campaign to build a building, a specific art centre at the back of the old fire station. A lot of money went into planning. We're talking hundreds of thousands. And this was going to be a $10 million build that now wouldn't be possible for $10 million. That was why the beautiful old independent building would have been perfect. It was built so that you could print newspapers in that building and the residents couldn't hear it. The acoustics are The acoustics are amazing. It's got a fantastic outdoor area that with a tiny bit of vision could be a stage and the roller doors on all the buildings Mm. could have been little artist studios. Mm. We owned it. Mm. We are so short-sighted to have sold that off to be demolished. Not only lacking insight but we are so wasteful to do that Mm. the view from that space if that was a rooftop bar would have been incredible and the um, furnishing inside is almost directly out of madman it is such 70s groove and it was high end at the time i'm so disappointed that has changed but then you have the back of a bakery that was the heart of Kayama. It's the heart of business that has been acoustically tested, that has two hours of music a week, is problematic. Kayama, wake up. When we put our festival into a venue that has meat raffles, TV screens interfering, that really couldn't give a damn about world-class music being performed there, We have to leave. That's why we've activated Jazz Alley. Jazz Alley says we are specifically here to entertain. Mm. And those hubs on Terralong Street, they're courageous people that are saying we support the festival. 
Absolutely. So back to the festival now that yes. you mention it, yep. to finish off, there's a ticketed wrap-up party in Bonbong Street <laughs> in a funky historical building. Tell yep. us about that. Well, that's uh, the old agricultural building right on the railway. It's a collaborative with Finding Fillmore's, the Kaima Jazz and Blues Festival, and some very, very cool folks that own that building that love music. This is a festival finale bringing musicians that we couldn't afford to bring and uh, put on the main stage, but this should not be missed. It is ticketed because you're helping the festival put this on for you. It'll be wrapped up by 9pm, but if you are a fun-loving person, you will be there. Fantastic. It's a good yeah. So if you want to know more, just visit the festival website. Yes. Which is kayamajazzandbluesfestival.com.au. Yes. Well, Becky, all the best. May La Nina keep away next weekend. <laughs> well, uh, we've got, I've, I'm sure you've noticed the poster design. It's wonderful. It's yeah. Wonderful. So that honours La Nina. That's a local Indigenous woman, First Nation woman. And uh, we're really, really proud to have worked with her this year. Her artwork, her solo show will be at Fillmore's. And we're also working with Seven Marks, who will have their first music event kicking off the festival at 5pm on Friday. Well, I certainly hope the weather will let the festival and Kaima shine this weekend. I hope so. Good luck with it all. Thanks, Gabrielle. For more KCR features, check out our catalogue of KCR podcasts at kcr.org.au. This program was proudly brought to you by Kiama Community College.